baseball fans, welcome to Sully Baseball. This is the podcast we talk about baseball 52 weeks out of the year. There's no offseason here, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this part of what you're listening to right now on the 12th day of March 2018. Um, We'll soon find out why I'm phrasing it like that. From the Sully Baseball Studio in Pasadena, California, overlooking the historic Rose Bowl. You know, I've done well over 1,700 episodes of Sully Baseball over the years. I did the Daily Show. I've been doing this one, which is a little more sporadic. You know, at least one a week, sometimes two, sometimes three a week. That's how it goes. And when you do that many podcasts, when you're... I'm going to count them all. I have can't figure out how many it is right now, but it's a lot. It's a lot. When you've done this many, every once in a while, you're going to repeat a topic. You're going to cover old ground. And I promise today I'm not going to cover old, old ground, but I have to address something because it happened just yesterday and it's going to cast a pall not a st- and will sully the day. Hey, look at that. I included my first name and my nickname really stupidly in the show. Here's the deal. So much is cool is happening right now. First of all, baseball is on right now. That, by definition, is great. We've got baseball. It's real baseball. Not spring training. Not world baseball classic shit. It's the actual games are being played. And there's some interesting storylines, especially, in my opinion, about some of the teams that have come out of the gate fast. The Diamondbacks have come out of the gate fast. The Pittsburgh Pirates, who are playing in about five minutes in a game in Chicago this afternoon, are coming out of the game fast. They lost yesterday, but if they win today, they'll have a three-game lead on the Cubs. Yes, Sully, I know, it's only mid-April. But, if you're a team, as I said before, if you're a team that has aspirations to be a surprise contender, it's best to start off well. You have the Mets, who have the best record in baseball at 10-1, and and they're not doing it just against tomato cans. They swept the Washington Nationals in Washington. That's the sort of thing that's Got to be in handy to keep in your back pocket if you have any intention of actually going off and winning a division. And, of course, you have the Angels, who are on a four-game winning streak, are one game ahead of Houston, and have Mike Trout, the best player in baseball, and the most interesting story in baseball, Shohei Otani, who looks awesome as a pitcher and is doing the job as a hitter. These are the stories we should be talking about. And so what, what's filling up my inbox? What's filling up my Twitter notices? What's filling up all this stuff? The fight. There was a brawl. There was a bench-clearing brawl between the Yankees and the Red Sox. And I don't care. I never do. Even though Pedro's my favorite player of all time, the beanball stuff is stuff I don't care about. I figured I've talked about this before, so the best thing for me to do now is to sing it. That's right. That's what it comes down to. I'm going to sing it. I hate beanball wars. I think it's crap. I don't care if you can hit the batter. I don't care if you're sending a message. Here's the message that should be sent. Win the goddamn game. The Red Sox fell behind 
David Price is out of the game. He's hurt, which sucks, because the Red Sox need a good David Price if they want to win the division. Granted, they didn't have a good David Price last year, and they still won the division, but it helps. It helps. J.D. Martinez hit a grand slam that turned an 8 to, you know, they were down 8-1 or 8-2, whatever it was, and they pulled it to within 8-6. to six. They had a little rally in the ninth that came up short. They lost 10-7 to seven to the Yankees. What's the story to take out of there? You take out of there that the winning streak is over, and it shows one of the many things about baseball, that it can turn, however you played, on one day, it all can collapse the next. The Red Sox won the first game 14-1. to It was men versus boys. The Yankees' pitching, starting pitching was terrible. The bullpen was terrible. Save for an Aaron Judge home run, the bats were terrible. Their defense was terrible. Everything was terrible from the Yankees. Everything was firing on all cylinders for the Red Sox. It was men versus boys. And then in game two, the Yankees won. So that means... What looked like was going to be a massacre series, Red Sox on a nine-game winning streak, humiliate the Yankees. Now, the Yankees, if they win today, they have sunny, great pitching. Red Sox are showing Rick Porcello. If you can tell me what either one of those pitchers are doing, congratulations, you see into the future. All the Yankees have to do is beat Rick Porcello, and then they can walk out saying, yeah, we uh, went in at Fenway, took two out of three. Doesn't matter about the run differential. We take two out of three. That would be the statement. Is that what's being talked about? Nope. Nope. Slide in the second with the cleats up. And then Joe Kelly hits a batter and does the whole, come on. And people say, yeah, it shows. Joe Kelly's my new favorite Red Sox. Yeah. He threw it a batter. Yeah. He has an ERA over seven. Yeah. I don't care about hitting batters. It was a close game. You don't put batters on base. I'm kind of binary about this. I kind of want to see my team win. And I couldn't possibly care less about these stupid brawls. And any positive effects about the brawls are all in retrospect. And I'm going to prove that tonight with this podcast. They are all in retrospect. If the Yankees win today, then the brawl would have woken up the Yankees, who came stumbling into Fenway after the bad series against Baltimore, got humiliated in game one, and then they started showing some fire and grit, and now they're ready to take on the Red Sox. That will be the storyline if the Yankees win. If the Red Sox win, then it's, hey, look it. Even when they lose, they're, they're fierce competitors, and they just showed the Yankees, we're not intimidated by you. We'll take you on. We protect our own. And all of it will be based upon the results of tonight's game. And then you retroactively fit that storyline into the brawl that happened. The example that I've given before, I'll give it again in case you forget. The brawl between A-Rod and Varitek in 2004. That game should have been one of the great moments in Red Sox history. One of the great games in Red Sox history. 
Not because of the brawl, but because of the home run that was hit by Bill Miller off of Mariano Rivera in the bottom of the ninth to win the game. That was the statement. Because if that didn't happen, that would have been a brawl that would have been a great storyline for the Yankees. Because the Yankees had just swept the Red Sox in Yankee Stadium, the game where Jeter went diving into the stands. And then they won the Friday night game, the day before the fight, even though Kevin Millar hit three home runs that game. And then they, they would have looked at that and showed that the Red Sox were coming unglued. And yes, the visual of Varitek fighting with his mask on would have had people say, they're, just, they're all talk, they're a bunch of wimps. And if Rivera had thrown a 1-2-3 inning, that would have been a moment for Yankee fans to brag. It's all retroactive bullshit. And I'm here. I want to see the rest win the division. I don't care how tough Joe Kelly is. I want to be an active reliever in the postseason. And to be fair to Kelly, he's pitched a handful of games in the postseason. But Joe Kelly... Screaming and barking stuff. I don't care about that. I really don't. It doesn't mean anything. What, you know, it, that, it doesn't show how tough you are. It doesn't show you anything. Except this momentary just thoughts of, oh, I'm tough, I threw at a batter. I would rather Joe Kelly skip to the mound with a giant lollipop and saying things like, oh, I hope no ball comes touch me today. Or be wrapped up in foil like Michael McKean and Better Call Saul and said, oh, those lights make me sick. And throw with a good ERA than be Mr. Tough Guy with a 7 ERA. So I'm going to use this opportunity to prove what I'm saying is correct. I am recording part one before the game. I don't know what happens. For all I know, Rick Porcello threw a perfect game and Hanley Ramirez hit four homers. For all I know, Aaron Judge jumped over the green monster to catch a ball. Yeah, I know. He plays right field. That's how impressive that catch was. I don't know if Sonny Gray vomits on the mound. I don't know if... Uh, Alex Cora and Aaron Boone pull out swords and duel while handing out the lineup cards. I don't know what's going to happen. But I do know that the fight that happened yesterday will be in all of the pregame conversation. And I'm telling you right now, when that game is over, they will retrofit that fight to fit their narrative needs. So when I come back, it'll be after the game, and we will know how people will be talking about the fight. And because you're currently listening to this podcast, and if you weren't, how could you hear me say this? I am telling you that that narrative, whichever it is, is, to quote Voltaire, horseshit. <laughs> See you at the end of the game. All right, now the game's over. Red Sox won the game 6-3. to three. So what's the narrative now? Did the fight inspire them? Were they sparked? Did it show that this was a team effort? That even if they lost, they weren't going to be intimidated by the big, bad Yankees? Is that what it was? 
Help me through it. Help me understand why I'm supposed to care about a dumb fight. I tell you what I do care about. I care about the fact that Chris Sale looked terrific in that first game and Rick Porcello took a no-hitter through six innings. He went to the seventh inning with a no-hitter. Now, there was a 45-minute rain delay, and chances are if he wasn't throwing a no-hitter, ah, they would have brought in some other schmuck because it was already six to nothing. But they gave him the chance. He pitched through seven. They tried to push Walden for an extra inning. That didn't work. They bring Craig Kimbrell. He came in. Boom. Six to three. Final score. And in the end, that's what matters. The Red Sox had a nine-game winning streak. The Yankees came into Fenway Park when, they were on, when it was an eight-game winning streak. They came into Fenway Park. They won the first game, lost the second game, and took the rubber game. And that's the key to winning a division. It's not about fights. It's not about posturing. It's not about this, that, or the other thing and intangibles. It's very simple. If you're a good team, you beat up the bad teams. And if you play a good team, you hold your own with them. So far, the Red Sox are doing exactly that. They're beating up the bad teams and holding their own with the good teams. And that's why they're sitting on top of the division at this early point. Yes, there's a long way to go. We're about one-sixteenth of the way through the season right now. But the better one-sixteenth, the more you have these one-sixteenth quality chunks of the season, the more likely you are to make it to the postseason. The Red Sox are 10-2 and two right now. 10-2. and two. And if you're going to have a bad stretch, and they will have bad stretches, it helps that you have a 10-2 and two stretch that will help you absorb the blow. It was an interesting night at baseball. It isn't quite over as I'm recording this. The Giants are beating the San Diego Padres 3-0 in the 5th. As I'm recording, there's still no no-hitter in the history of the Padres. The Pirates won again. They're 9-3. and three. The Cubs are 6-6. Six and six. The Cubs will eventually overtake the Pirates. But if the Pirates want to have a surprising year, these are the games you win. The Indians clobbered the Tigers, and you're just getting a sense as they got off to, you know, not the fastest start in the world. Now they're starting to hit. They're 8-5 and five now. You get the sense of, okay, things are going to click over there. Um, the Cardinals and, and Reds played each other, which is interesting because those are two managers that I believe should be on the hot seat right now. Matheny with St. Louis and um, Price with the Reds. Now, I think Matheny should be in more hot water because the Cardinals are built to win now. And they have been a somewhat sluggish, uninspired team out of the gate after missing the postseason altogether each of the last two years. The Reds have been dead from the neck up since Dusty Baker left. And not that this is Price's fault, but at some point you got to shuffle the deck. Now, the other couple interesting, the, the Twins won a 2,000th hit for Joe Maurer. Remember when Head and Shoulders was trying to turn Joe Maurer into a sex symbol? That was weird, wasn't it? The question I have is, will Joe Maurer stick around to get another thousand hits? It seems unlikely, but you know what? If he keeps being a first baseman DH, 
he may get that Hall of Fame plaque before long. And hey, who's the hottest team in baseball right now? Well, that's probably the Mets, but the Angels are not far behind as they walloped the Kansas City Royals. And they are now uh, about a game, game and a half ahead of the Astros. I know it's too early to be doing that, but Trout's heating up. I have done who owns baseball, but there's a real chance, seeing he got on base four times, including a home run, that he could have owned baseball. And the Angels remain one of the most interesting teams in baseball, both with Trout and with Otani on the team. And they're playing really, really great ball. And I could talk about all these great matchups without bringing up brawls. The Red Sox are going to play Baltimore next. We'll see if that continues. Uh, and this weekend, I'll take a look at some of the matchups of this weekend. And you do have some interesting, I think the Rockies and the Nationals are two teams I picked to go to the postseason, who both of those seem to go off this kind of clunky starts. Uh, the Yankees try to right the ship by playing the Detroit Tigers, which should be an easy series for them, but they didn't, Baltimore's supposed to be an easy series for them as well. The Pirates are going to the Marlins. Interesting because the Pirates are in their 9-3 and three start, and if they can continue to pile on wins and make the, the solid start last a little longer, again, that's how you become a surprise team. Uh, the sing, In my opinion... The single most interesting series in this uh, weekend is going to be right down the street from me. Uh, Zach Greinke is going to be pitching for Arizona, and Kent Maeda is going to be pitching for Los Angeles. Now, the Dodgers are currently, again, it's too early to be looking at standings and X number of games back. But the Diamondbacks have come out of the gate winning nine of their first 12 games. The Dodgers are 4-7, and seven, and quite frankly, a couple of those wins they had were borderline. And they could very easily be 3-8 and eight right now. Absolutely, they could be 3-8 and eight right now. But they've also lost four of those seven losses that they have have been absolute heartbreakers. They could, very, they could be 8-3 and three if a bounce here or a bounce there took place. So... No one thinks the Dodgers are going to be a sub-500 team. They're just too, there's too much talent on the team for something like that to happen. But for Arizona, this is kind of a critical game. The same reason why the, it was important. It's more important for Arizona than it is for L.A. Like this last series was more important for the Red Sox than it was for the Yankees. Or this last series was more important for the Pirates than it was for the Cubs. The Cubs are favored to win. Dodgers are favored to win. New York is favored to win. So, in, in all those divisions. And the same thing with the Mets and the Nationals. That series is more important for the Mets than the Nationals. Because it's more important for the underdog team, the team that is not favored, to win and to start to build up a portfolio that they could take this team on head-to-head this year. Now, for Arizona, who... I thought we were going to take a step back. They were a 90-some-odd win team last year. They got, And they had the Dodgers numbers like left and right, with the exception of the playoffs where the Dodgers swept them. But the Diamondbacks want to be the division winners. These games, head-to-head with L.A., are important. And for those of you on the East Coast, I don't know, stay up late. It should be good baseball. The Dodgers need to eventually dust themselves off. 
There have been instances of teams where you write them down in pen, say, oh, that team's in the postseason. Ah, they got off to a slow start. They'll write the ship. Ah, don't worry about it. They'll write the ship. And eventually you look up, it's August, and they haven't write the ship yet. I believe that happened in the Phillies in 2012. So it's important for the Dodgers to eventually dust off the bad feelings and try to go on and get some wins here. So the Diamondbacks-Dodgers series is the series to watch for this weekend. Now, if you're like me and you just love pure baseball. Oh, by the way, um, the Brewers are a surprise team. I picked them to win the division. The Mets are a 10-1 team. And this is the series, if he's listening to you right now, from my cousin Dave. My cousin Dave is a diehard Mets fan, but he also went to college in Milwaukee, and he has a tremendous soft spot in his heart for the Milwaukee Brewers. So I know what he wants there. He wants Mets wins, but he wants them to be close. He does want to have a blowout. So, there you are. I sang to you. I sang to you today on today's podcast as we're going to go on talking about baseball and not really caring about the brawls. If you bring up the brawls, if you're a Red Sox fan, you bring up the brawls that took place under any circumstance, remember your context for it and your narrative for it relied upon this game that took place that where Porcello pitched well for those seven innings. You are retrofitting it. They're fights. Fights are stupid. And there's a lot of things that are part of the game that we don't do anymore. This should be one of them. I've said it once. Next time in a big fight again, I'll sing it again. And that's right. I will sing it. So go to SullyBaseball.com. Like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram, and everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. Hey, let's not fight. Let's talk baseball. This has been Sully Baseball for the 12th day of April 2018. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.